Welcome back, listeners, to this week's edition of the Black and Blue Soccer Show with Andrew and Joey. We are going to go over this week's scores and highlights, the EFL Cup recap, end of transfer news information, and updates to top four and bottom three predictions. So, Joey, how was your this past week for you? It was rather interesting. I, I learned something on social media this week. I'm sure you recall my um, tweet that kind of inadvertently called out Nottingham Forest. Um, so yeah, that was a great. I, I I I honest to God, when I read, I so you tweeted it out when I was sleeping, and so I got up. I swear to God, I thought you were trolling. <laughs> you know, I, I was trying to have a a deep, thoughtful discussion on, uh, I guess, soccer finances and how all the resources are streaming towards the Premier League. And I, I, what I was trying to imply is like, look, the Premier League is so stacked that a, quote, mid-level club such as Nottingham Forest, you know, is able to spend all this money, bring in all these players. That proves that like the Premier League as a whole is just levels above all the other leagues. Well, <laughs> I, I tagged nottingham forest in there and thinking like i I just want to get some some views on this tweet and yeah they they kind of took offense to that and you know (laughs) at the time i was like come on man i really have to like explain myself for all this like what the heck but whatever it's social media i i'm still getting used to it yeah we were going back and forth on our on our discord because i swear to god i thought he was trolling nottingham forest and then I was like, Joey, you tag them. Who do you think's going to see this post? Forest fans. Uh, I mean, at least you didn't call them like a low level. You said uh, mid tier. So that was, you know, it could have been worse for you. Um, but yeah, I thought you were trolling them. Uh, but don't worry, Leeds fans. Um, we haven't forgot about you. Oh, no, we're coming for you. Just uh, let's see. After this week's match, depending on how, how the results go. We'll be we'll be in there for you. Yeah. All right. So, anything interesting or anything happened for you this week? Me personally, no. But uh, I've been enamored with this uh, balloon controversy. Um, weather balloon, whatever balloon floating, and you know we both live in the uh, Midlands of South Carolina. So we had tons of fighter jets fly over uh, our house. I'm sure you did too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, they went and intercepted that balloon right off of Myrtle Beach. America, F, yeah. And now they're telling people, because I think it was shot only like seven miles off the coast, not very far off the coast. So they're mm-hmm. telling people, like, don't go to the beach. And you know, like if you see anything, you know, don't touch it, et cetera. Um, so I was like, yeah, just wait until it flies over South Carolina to shoot it down because, you know, we don't have enough things to deal with in, you know, in our area. Why not just whatever is in the balloon or filled with, who knows? You didn't want to shoot it in the middle of nowhere, Montana, but you're willing to like shoot it right off of Myrtle Beach. Yeah. I mean, very... Myrtle, Myrtle Beach is a dump. I mean, I'm going to just <laughs> right. be honest with everyone that's listening. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the, um, the Yankee, or we call Northern people from the North, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, all those, that's, that's their playground. It's, it's just, oh, it's disgusting. And so, but yeah. I, so my, you know, um, my buddy lives in, in Columbia as well. He saw it over 
flying over his house or, you know, realistically it was probably like, you know, hundred, 200 miles away or whatever, but he could still see it. And, um, I was like, just let me know if you start to feel sick or something. And, uh, if that happens, I'll go ahead and get the F out of, out of town. Yeah. Make sure you have your, uh, your, uh, N45 mask on. You don't want that, that new strain of COVID being like just <laughs> filtered down, but no, no, realistically it's too high up for the jet stream to carry it probably to, um, to the United Kingdom. So, um, but yeah, so fun times over here in America. Okay, Joey, let's go over the Premier League scores from match day 22. Um, starting off on Friday, we had Chelsea and Fulham, nil-nil. Obviously, I'd like to hear your thoughts about this game. Yeah, so honestly, it was pretty boring. Um, from a Chelsea fan, you know, I was expecting a lot more. Uh, realistically, <laughs> you're not going to get a result right away with um, you know, we we talk about how my son's team swaps players in and out all the time, and they can't build any cohesion. Well, I mean, same exact thing is going on with Chelsea um, between injuries and you know, uh, bully throwing out you know bags of uh, money left and right to bring in players. Just not going to build any type of consistency, and that's exactly what we saw. Um, there was a lot of hate put on. Mount Havertz um, and Gallagher and one uh, person that I haven't really seen get much criticism is Ziyech he like puts in a great ball with his left foot and that's pretty much it and a lot of times what you would see is the the ball being played down the right hand side with ultimately him <clears throat> getting the ball but nothing would come of it because if you don't have a target man like, what are his um, balls in going to do? Like, Havertz is not that guy. So I, I do wish that the uh, play could have gone down the left a little more. But even still, like, if, if that happened, um, Melt and Mudrick were just not on the same page. But maybe if uh, they had more of an opportunity, they could have built into it. I don't know. But yeah, um... I am going to be honest. I watched the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes of this match due to work. And so question on Mudrik. He didn't look great at all. Um, then when I popped in in the last 20 minutes, he was <clears throat> looked like he was subbed off at halftime. And I did read the, uh, the coach's comments and said he was, you know, sick and had a cold. Do you think... <clears throat> That's true, or um, because what I, I mean, it doesn't look like he was having a good game at all, so right. I mean, so why would I think that's not true though? Like, I, I'm why gonna take the coach, I'm if gonna sick. Why wouldn't you? Because the person that replaced him, I can't pronounce the guy's name, looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the dude needs minutes, um, they want to get him into playing shape. I've been sick and tried to do stuff before and like thought I was recovered, but then get out there and was like, Oh nope, I, uh, you know, am not as well as I thought I was. So like, I, I have no, um, reason to doubt, uh, Mudrick or Potter in that regard. I think he, he wasn't going to go the full 90 anyway, cause they're splitting time between him and Madueki who replaced him. 
uh, to get them both match fit. And again, like he just didn't really have uh, many opportunities. I think he had 16 touches total. Nobody tried to hit him uh, in space when he was trying to make a run. Um, he didn't really have many opportunities to do any link up with Mount. And if they did try, it, it failed miserably. Um, he just needs time and, you know, to get well from his cold. And then um, on that regard, too, um, playing on that side with Cucurella, 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 I can't, I don't know the proper pronunciation. Um, you know, he just doesn't seem to be doing anything going forward. I know I showed you the one stat earlier where, uh, oh man, I forget the timeline of it now, but it was something like he's only played five balls into the box in like some obscene amount of time. And for to bring in a guy for, I think it was what, 60 million. And to, for that person to offer like nothing offensively, that that's not good at all. And honestly, I have a hard time seeing him have a future at the club. If he keeps putting up performances like that. Um, but again, it was, it was a boring match. Uh, Fulham will be happy to, you know, be the kings of West London. Um, Chelsea are still, uh, you know, trying to put the pieces together. And, uh, yeah, we move. Are Fulham the kings of West London after this week? Brentford uh, beat Southampton uh, 3-0. So would that make Brentford the kings of West London? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so. Um, for those, uh, the only interesting thing to note in, in this game is the comp post-game comments from the Southampton coach in which he noted that he's been um, essentially pandering to his players and his coaching tactics and beliefs, and he's not put out the team that you know he wants to see. There's... Kind of odd for a coach to be saying. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how long he's going to stay on the South Coast. Um, we both still have them in our bottom three, and I don't think either of us see that changing. Yeah, not at all. And whether or not he, you know, is actually pandering to his players more than he should, like, they're not doing well at all. And I don't think that, um, a simple mindset's going to help them enough to, you know, get them out of the relegation zone. Yep. Nope. Agree. Um, so we moved to Saturday morning, which had one of the, you know, many upsets, I guess you say, but this week was, you know, this week was a unique match day. We had Everton beating Arsenal, you know, one nil at Gerson Park. Your um, James Tarkovsky header. So Joey, is the is the Daesh effect in full effect? Uh, I mean, you definitely have the new manager bounce. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people talk about how you know the the squad looks so much different under Daesh than it did versus or than it did with um, Lampard. But if you think about it, they're like. A lot of the, the little basic stuff 
you know that Lampard was asking his players to do. Like, there's there's no way that, you know, Lampard would, would just allow someone to not close a player down, um, you know, to not uh, move forward and progress the ball, um, not to uh, attempt to hit, you know, runners in space, stuff like that. Um, the difference is, is that Daesh coming in, you know, creates a, a new sense of, um, I don't know, just wanting to get things right and get things done. And the players took it to heart and actually put out a decent performance. Arsenal looked kind of flat. They, you know, uh, didn't seem to handle the pitch very well. Um, things weren't, you know, as magical for them as usual. And I'm not too surprised now um, if Everton keeps it up and starts, you know, to win some uh, more games going forward. Uh, I will change my tune overall. But for right now, um, I, I guess I'm a little pessimistic on them. Yeah, and um, if there's one team that Arsenal has trouble beating, oddly enough, it's Everton. Um, and I think they made, the commentary made an interesting point about Everton for as bad as they've been in mediocrity, they've been in number of coaches they've been, had changed. They're the one team that almost always gets a new manager bounce. So if Dice didn't win this game, I think he'd be the first in like a long series of coaches that didn't win their first game at home. So, you know, yes, it's surprising. I still would never have predicted it, but it's also, you know, going back and looking at some of the stats and everything, you're kind of like, eh. You could have seen how it would have happened. Obviously, I would have lost money if I bet on this game, but, you know, is what it is. Um, and we'll talk, you know, here in a minute. The last match day of the game, could Man City pick up points on Arsenal? We'll get to that in a minute. The next match of the day, though, was Brighton um, at home versus Bournemouth. Again, Brighton wins with a last-minute goal by Japanese player Mitomina. Mitoma. So, Mitoma. Oh, God. <laughs> Always going to call him that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, real quick, I, I really like what Deserby's doing there. Um, he came from uh, Shakhtar, and it, I, I, I just really like him. Um, he seems to know what he's doing and obviously has the, the Brighton boys playing well. Yeah, a little hard on Bournemouth. Um, they, I mean, for as bad of defense they were, they kept Brighton out the majority of the game. Still lose. Um, I, I, I just, I, I think they're still going down. You know, unfortunately, I like the business they did in the winter market, but I think it's they, they just don't have enough quality players on that squad. Um, so then the next match which has probably had the most controversial moment of the weekend, was the Manchester United-Crystal Palace match, which saw Manchester United winning 2-1. to one. However, Casemiro got sent off for a kerfuffle that looked like he was choking. Um, oh, my God. Uh, Watford, uh, the old the Watford player, albino guy, can't remember his name. Anyway, um, you know, we've all seen the stills, seen the video of it. You know, was he really choking him? 
If you ask a Manchester United fan, they'll say, no, he was hugging him or he had his hands around his you know, shoulders. It just looked worse than it was. You know, most of them are like, oh, yeah, that's not never a red card. Um, before we get to my thoughts, Joey, um, obviously the result, you know, them winning at home is to be expected. But uh, on the red card, what are your thoughts? So I was watching ESPN FC earlier today, and first of all, I do not recommend it. It sometimes can be rage-inducing. And one of those moments happened where they were talking about this situation with Casemiro, and um, <clears throat> there were there was one guy who was like, yeah, I don't think it's a red card. And he's like, you know, given the context of the match, how things were going, possibly if uh, the ref was like calling it a tight, uh, a tight game and you know things were getting really chippy and stuff maybe but he's like in a vacuum I don't think what he did was a red card and that that blew my mind you know like a a, a national um you know analyst or uh talking head thinking that putting your hands around the guy's neck is acceptable in any way that just blew my mind like I don't care the context in it you can't do that. And if that happens, there needs to be a serious consequence, which, you know, getting red carded and being out for three matches, that's, that's it. Um, shouldn't be tolerated. Yeah. We're on the same page with that. I mean, put your hands around someone's neck. I I know it's the heat of the moment, but I mean, you could have shoved him down. Uh, there's other things you, you I mean, uh, you could have pushed him in the chest and, you know, you would have been okay. Um, it's a premeditated move. Well, I say premeditated, but, you know, in the heat of the moment, you're not think you may not be thinking about it. But it shouldn't be your gut instinct to, like, go to choke someone. Um, you know, the funny thing is the longer clip, you know, when it rolls out, you see them hug it out. So, I mean, obviously he, did he didn't do anything, but... He went for the throat. There was intent. So I think the punishment's justifiable. Will Manchester appeal? I Who knows? Um, if they appeal, he should get double banned. Um, they do. If you do, uh, so if you do make a frivolous appeal, they can increase it by one game, um, which coincidentally, if they did, that would <laughs> that, be the... Uh, you would like the that. NFL <laughs> Cup, <the NFL laughs> Cup final. So... I don't think they're going to appeal this. Um, their their fixtures coming up aren't very hard, so they can probably win without him. Um, you know, was he was he uh, Homer Simpson squeezing the eyeballs out of uh, uh, Bart? No. Um, but again, you don't want your first intent to grab another man's throat. Um, and in fairness, uh, I do believe VAR missed IU on Fred. Uh, I believe uh, IU probably should have also got a red card um, for his skirmish with Fred, but somehow VAR missed that. Whatever, you know, people can say, you know, how do you miss it? Um, obviously, that's a longer discussion about the English use of VAR is horrible, um, but we'll move on from that because that would take up way too much time. So we already went over the Brentford-Southampton match. The next match of the weekend blew probably everyone away. Um, I would have definitely been on the street if I put any money on this. Wolves had 
three goals to Liverpool's nil. Now, one was an own goal, but they still scored two goals. And coming into this game, they only scored 12 goals the entire season. And now they have 15, and three of them came in this game. So, Joey, is Klopp on the hot seat? Hot? Yeah. I don't think uh, anything will come of it, but... um... You know, the owners don't seem to be looking to change much right now between, you know, player squad and uh, management. I, honestly, I think they're a little bit um, complacent and they're just willing to write it out. Um, the one thing that really concerns me is uh, they do not look good attacking anymore. Like, they were already having issues defending, but they do not look good going forward since the world cup since um play resumed after the world cup i think i think you saw this earlier do you recall who the leading goal scorer for uh liverpool you is no i know this answer we, we he's one of my favorite players it's, it's a double own goal wow fast um yeah. yeah which is pretty bad you know um yeah, I don't know what more you could say about that other than I'm glad Newcastle's going to be playing Liverpool in the not-too-distant future. Um, may their troubles continue. May their defensive and attacking um, woes, you know, again, go on and on and on. I could, I would enjoy if they ended up at the bottom half. Um, and I do think, I think Klopp's job is under... I think he's under pressure. Um, will they get rid of him? If they get any more of these 3 nil to teams like Wolves, I could see them getting rid of him because uh, that is a completely unacceptable result. Even even if you don't get reinforcements, you, I mean, you have, your squad is so much more talented. Um, so... And you're getting worse. Yeah. Like you're not getting better. Like, that's so, the problem. All right. So on that note, next week on Monday, it's the Merseyside Derby, Liverpool versus Everton. Let's say they lose 3-0 there. What, what are oh, you thinking? Uh, I wouldn't want to be... One, I wouldn't want to be a Liverpool fan. Two, I'll be very sad because that means Everton won. <laughs> um, uh, and again, I'm, I'm two minds on Everton. And three... Oh boy, oh Klopp, mm, he'll probably get a phone call. Will he lose his job? Three nil. If they, would I sack him? Mm, if you think you have a chance at Europe, and you lose three nil to Everton, mm, I'm glad I'm not the football director because my instinct <laughs> would be yes, because you're not improving. But he is a company man, and he toes the line. So, and he's loyal. But is his heart still in it? Ugh, I don't know. I don't know what behind the scenes. I, I, we'll get to that if it happens. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, I, so, you know, my, my good buddy from work is a big Liverpool fan, and um, I do not envy him in the least. And, I, you know, a couple weeks back, I was joking around with him. I was like, you guys have a 
pretty big uh you know derby coming up it should be a very competitive game you know half joking but now i'm like serious like <laughs> it, it will actually be a competitive match yeah i mean if this if this match day shows anything you can't take any team for granted um uh such as aston villa <clears throat> kind of slept on leicester you know they started this game off on a high note with the lead and then Lester came back and poured it on and ended up winning the winning four to two. Um, you know the new the new uh, right winger Tet from Leon. Uh, I thought he was wonderful. I thought um, while Fast did great uh, for all the you know crap he gets. I thought defense was great. And anytime Villa lose, obviously I enjoy it. So that was a, that was a very um, enjoyable game uh, for me. Um, do you have anything uh, on that game? Yeah, so um, Vardy, he, you know, he came on as a sub, I believe. Um, is he is he on his way out now? Finally, I mean, he's eventually. I mean, you gotta be when you get that old, right? Yeah. Um, uh, he, yeah, I'm gonna say this is probably his last season there. Yeah, that would be yeah. my guess. Uh, it's I, I'm guessing he's on high. I'm not a Leicester City fan. I'm guessing he's on high wages. And you know, Tech can play right wing, but he also plays center forward. I, you know, they still have Madison, which we'll see what happens with him. You know, they've they they brought in, um, they brought I can't remember um the the guy starts with a D, but they brought in a young forward. Uh, he's not really performing right now, but I I I, I expect this to be his last year's. So okay, all right, now, now take us to a good old draw castle. Yes, oh, Drawcastle United, so the noon game. So we scored twice within the first three minutes. One of them obviously didn't count because Amaran was too slow and let the ball go over the line. I swear, that guy, so lazy. I'm telling you what, he, he doesn't run like he used to. I'm, I'm just kidding, Amaran. <laughs> I mean, you, you know Amaran from his Atlanta United days. Um yeah, man, if he kept that ball in, is great. But then, so that goal obviously got called off. That was within the first minute. And then less than two minutes later, Longstaff puts Colin Wilson through, splits the defenders up, you know, 1-0, three minutes in. So I'm like, okay, you know, this is good. You know, we've only given up 11 goals and, you know, not counting the Southampton game, it's been, you know, over 500 minutes. Just let a goal in. So I'm thinking, okay, let's get another goal and get the hell out of here. Well, then we come to set pieces. And I, honest to God, don't know what Trippier was doing with Paqueta on the back post. Um, more like wrestling him. It was just... Mm. It was a bad goal to give up because it, it, it was just poor defending on our part. Um, after that, once it was um, 1-1, the game got really stale and boring. Um, West Ham looked like they were settling for you know, a draw. They were happy with a point, and we're not good enough yet to break teams down. We're kind of in the position where you guys were a few years ago and maybe where you are right now. Um, if teams, you know, start playing behind the ball, we just don't have 
the talent to break them down. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, it's another draw. So now we're 10 wins, 10 draws. And I still contend if we miss out on top four, it'll be because we draw way too many games. Uh, I'm not saying, again, I don't want Newcastle to lose, but mathematically, you're better off winning two, losing one, than drawing three. So, yep. so um, I, I'll say that if I were a Newcastle fan, one thing that I'd be very concerned with is that while you guys had a majority of the possession, you only had two shots on target. Um, that is not good. Even even Chelsea, like we at least get four, you know, <laughs> double that. Yeah, it, it's hard to say. Again, they played pretty much. But once they got their goal, it was just behind the ball, and we didn't have Isak, which is a real big loss for us. Um, and me personally. I think ASM has lost a step or two. I think he loses possession, you know, too much. I don't think he takes people on. And when Gordon came in, Gordon was subbed around, I think, the 65th, 70th minute, somewhere in that area. We looked like a completely different team. Like, we actually looked like we could score again. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we're... It's odd because if you look at the deeper metrics for playing as well as we played in the beginning of the year when we were, you know, winning, we're just now not winning. Um, like we're we're not hitting our expected goals. I think we have like two goals expected out of eight or something. Like so, obviously this game is the exception. We did get beat on the expected goals, so you know a one-one is a fair result. But some of our other games. You know, we just hammer, hammer down, you know, people like Leeds and walk away with the draw. Like, to me, those are the unacceptable games. I thought, I personally, I was not, I was not, you know, I always think we're going to lose every game. So, I mean, I'm not the, I'm not the best commentator for it, but I honestly thought this could be where our, you know, um, now 16 game unbeaten streak would end. Just because we played midweek Southampton, that was a very emotional game for everyone. Um, game was without Bruno, obviously, for the red card. So we'll be without him again when we go down to Bournemouth. So overall, with this draw, I'm satisfied with this draw because I think West Ham actually played really well. And, you know, big shout-out to former Wren player um, Agurd. Uh, he was you know, the left back that I personally wanted just due to him playing for Ren. But, you know, now that we have Botman, I'm, I'm fine with him. But Gerd had a massive game for West Ham and basically was the reason that, you know, one, one of the main reasons we couldn't break them down. So. All right. Now let, let's, uh, let's pick up uh, our spirits a little bit and let's talk about today. Um, tell us about the uh, the matches from today. Okay, so um, well, let's get let's get the last game of the day done first before we talk about the early game. So in the last game of the day, uh, Harry Kane got his two hundredth goal, and Tottenham went home to a one nil win at home over Man City, which is most as Spurs is the most Spurs thing you can do. 
you know, look like crap, then win. Look like crap, then win. Um, but you know, we 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 Newcastle, we got a game in hand over them, but they're only one point behind us. But you know, again, as we talk about, you know, rather lose than win. Um, but for Man City, this is obviously not great because they had a chance to catch up to Arsenal and kind of blew it. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what what's going on with Man City right now. They obviously have all the players to, you know, destroy the world. Um, <clears throat> have freaking Holland, uh, uh, you know, scoring at will when when he gets a, a good chance. But the, it's like just not clicking for them all of a sudden, and uh, you know, not really sure. I, honestly, I think today's match was a. Would have been a great match for Cancelo to be in there, but <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but credit to Tottenham, like uh they they came to play and great for Kane. He he's like a a top class guy. Um, you know, I wish he weren't so good because I, I don't like Tottenham winning, but you know good for him. He has injured quite a few players <clears throat> in his career. At Newcastle, <clears throat> okay. So top class guy, we we, we the debate, debatable if he's a top <laughs> class guy, but definitely a top class striker. Um, and you know they scored pretty early, so to hold off Man City for ninety minutes, again. And I don't think Conte, uh, uh, I didn't see the whole game, so I don't think Conte was on the sidelines. So. Or the touchline? Yeah, Is he even in the stadium at all? I don't think so. I, I didn't uh, I didn't see I didn't get to watch the whole match, but um, from what I saw, I didn't see him there at all. So um, yeah, but the whole Man City off, you know, all you can say is fair play, good job, Spurs, and top four is looking like a contest now. So which is is great. I mean, in the scheme of things, competitiveness is breeds excitement um and on that note we go to the bottom of the table where it's getting really competitive and super exciting nyan forest put one over on leeds one nil low 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 <laughs> so um yeah so first off this game was horrible on just you know, it wasn't fun to watch at all. Um, it was a great goal by um, Brandon Johnson. So, you know, obviously one of their best players. Otherwise, not much to write home about. Um, Weston McKinney made his debut. To me, he looked like he's been enjoying too many desserts or something in his, you know, brief time in England. He looked a little heavier than I remember him. Um, and in my opinion, didn't look good at all. Um, and I'm obviously not a U.S. men's national team fan, but I've always thought Tyler Adams is better of the two, and he looked the better of the two. And I think the longer they play together, Adams' stock again, I will project, will continue to rise. Um, so Joey, do you think Jesse Marsh? is under how much pressure how many games do you think he has left let's just put it that way see 
this is interesting because he's been given the, you know, the good old vote of confidence from the, <laughs> the management and from Leeds, it, it seems like they're, they're like, they're legit about it. Um, cause you know, a lot of times you can kind of tell like, yeah, we're, we're in for the long haul with this guy, but you can, you know, you'll hear rumors that behind the scenes, they're really looking at replacements and stuff like that, but they're giving Marsh everything he wants. He, you know, is bringing America uh, to Leeds and they're really investing in the club for him. But man, <laughs> he is not uh, doing very well. I, you know, I've talked to multiple Le Leeds fans and a lot of them would say that they have trust in the squad itself. It's just that Marsh is the uh, issue that they have. Um, they believe that him and his style would be the reason that they get relegated. And I, I'm right there with them. Um, to play that type of pressing, that nonstop, uh, you know, almost like the Bielsa ball type stuff, it, it's hard. And the margins are so thin that one mistake can, you know, lose a whole match for you. If you don't have the top quality players to be able to capitalize when you do win the ball back and, you know, actually hit your mark on transitions then you know you don't really do much of anything and that, that's exactly what they're going through yeah and it's not gonna get any easier for me is it uh they've got manchester united twice wednesday and sunday um then they get to play a revitalized everton and then they finally get Maybe a winnable game, Southampton. And then they can enjoy Chelsea at the beginning of March. So they have a very tough run here of the next five games. I think, I personally think he's going to get sacked. And I think it's going to be the fans that get him sacked. I think the fan pressure will become too much. Um, I think they're going to lose obviously what Wednesday is at Manchester United uh so I don't think they're going to get a point there um so you know but I think Leeds fans they would expect to lose that game yeah the Sunday game the one at home if they don't put in a performance that looks good I think that's when things will start to turn um and then I think it all falls apart if they lose at Everton. Um, I think if if he doesn't, I would I would say we'll check back um, on you know in in two weeks, see how they're doing. But I think I think at the rate he's going, he's going to get sacked um, due to the fans. Whether fair or not, I I don't know. I I don't care about leads at all. Um, you know, I only, you know, I watch them for the, the memes and uh, the hilarity of the American bandwagon Leeds fans. Um, That's great. Trying to interact with the actual Leeds fans. <laughs> so um, that, that's why I watch them. Um, and then also for Joe, Joey's trolling is, you know, top notch. So, you, you know, um, 
it would, you know, if if they go down, that's another northern club that goes down. But I'm not going to say they don't deserve it because they, I mean, Rafinha saved their ass <laughs> last year. And they really, like you said, they put all their resources into Jesse Marsh. And he plays the Red Bull way. I mean, like, so if you're going to put your resources into that, you buy specific players for a specific system. Is that the way a club should should go? I mean, I don't know the answer to that. Like, obviously, it's not my decision. Um, and, you know, I think the 49ers might take over them this this summer. It's either this summer or next summer. I This takeover is taking forever. But eventually, the 49ers are going to take over Leeds. Now, whether they'll get a championship club or a bottom-half Premier Premier League club remains to be seen, but um, yeah, yeah. I, so, well, I'll I'll say if um if Marsh does make it to uh, March fourth against Chelsea, I'll I'll say that Chelsea has an uncanny ability to revive managers' uh, seasons. Um, there will be we'll place we'll play against you know Bournemouth, Burnley when. <laughs> things are absolute crap for them and then they'll just blow us out of the water. So Leeds fans, there's hope yet. Yeah, I'm looking at their their fixture list. If he makes it to Chelsea, <laughs> they just got to I mean, they've got the gauntlet. They've got like almost all the top 6 teams yet to play. I mean, they don't have a I mean, there's never an easy game in the Premier League, but they They've needed to get their points by now. Um, so I think their their ending might be easy. So, you know, maybe they'll need that new player or new coach bounce there at the, you know, like, let's see, uh, what's a match day 30? No, nope. Playing Spurs. <laughs> nope. Nope. Let's see when. I mean, I'm their fixture lift is is it's brutal. Hell. Yeah, it really I mean, is oh brutal. My God. <laughs> I mean, they end the, they end the year like Maybe they're maybe you bring their uh, new coach in on match day. Like if Marsh isn't replaced by the Chelsea game, then what's the point of replacing him, right? Because mm-hmm. then you you still got the gauntlet to go. Like if you're gonna do something, you need to do it sooner than later. Um, is what I would be saying if I was a Leeds fan. All right, so let's count out potential wins for them going forward. All right, so Everton, I'd say that's a potential win. But it's it's it, 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 it's at Everton. Yes, so it I'm is gonna at say Everton. best case for them is a draw. Okay, all right. So, um, <laughs> oh, I was gonna say Wolves, but man, I don't Wolves. You know, taking uh, getting three against uh, Liverpool. I don't know. Palace you might skip, be. You skip their Southampton game, so we're assuming they're losing both Manchester United games. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, so they do have Southampton at okay, home. Yep. Twenty fifth of February. I think they could win that game. Yeah, definitely. Um, Chelsea. And they have you guys. Yeah. I, no. Brighton. No way. Wolves. Toss up. It's Arsenal. At, it's at. It's at Wolves. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say maybe they'll get a draw. Yep. And then home uh, against Palace. I think that's a potential win. Um, yeah, Palace is like Palace is like the mini Spurs mm-hmm. with less talent. 
up and down. I, I mean, I love Patrick Vieira, but like, you don't know what palace you're getting from week to week. I don't know if that's a sign of a growing team or a bad team. It's just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so then next they have Fulham. Tim Ream's going to eat, eat leads alive. Then Leicester. I don't think they'll have a chance against them. And then Bournemouth after that. So it's, again, it's at Bournemouth. So what would be a decent shot for them is an away match for them. So possibly. And then, of course, they uh, end it with Man City, Newcastle, West Ham, and Tottenham. So their their fixture list is pretty brutal. And I I don't know. Yeah, I... I'm, Can I redo mine? Um, who's going down? I know, right? So, uh, too bad we recorded that segment yesterday. <laughs> I know. they. I didn't realize they played most of their winnable matches. Or what, again, let's preface this by saying this week was a weird match week. Anyone can win at any time. But on paper, Leeds has appeared to blown most of their load already. And they only have a few... <laughs> chances and even the chances they have they're the away fixture mm -hmm. so oh they're they're not in good shape yeah so uh, I, you know yeah. I, i'm gonna say i'm similar with uh west sam let them get relegated and i'll be okay if chelsea picks up uh, tyler adams now we could use tyler adams at newcastle i contended that in the winter as well um I mean, you he, know, he could potentially I'm glad go he went like... to Leeds first because I wasn't sure there's a Premier League player in there, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, but now that I've seen him and, you know, I saw what he did to us, yeah, I'll take him. He's the only American I would take off that squad. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, listeners, we will follow this Leeds United saga until the end. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, and if they do get relegated... I'm sure Joey will have a great troll meme ready to go. Yeah, it's funny because I'm an American and, you know, a lot of my son's uh, teammates' parents are Leeds fans and it's just great. I, I have a lot of fun with it. But the culture in America is to follow the player, not the team. So that that's kind of the, the funny thing and that's what cracks me up with the Leeds America fans trying to talk down to the actual like Leeds United fans that have been there since, you know, the, the, the long championship spell, they don't even remember, you know, when Leeds was last in the, in the premier um, league. So it's funny to watch them interact with, with these, with the actual, I guess I'm maybe using two derogatory actual lead fan like they are leads fans let's say they're leads fans but the 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 old hats it's it's just hilarious the, the, nothing could be funnier than twitter and youtube uh when they get together because the english english folks you know obviously talk down to the american folks and the american folks think uh the american players are the best thing ever uh so i mean it's just hilarity ensues Yep. All right. Well, uh, we we spent uh, way too much time on this, so <laughs> let's uh, wrap it up and keep it moving. So move on to our next segment and talk about how the EFL Cup went this week.
fun times in Newcastle. We are going to Wembley for the first time since 1999 FA Cup Final. And this is our first EFL Cup Final since, Joey, can you, can you just guess a year? You're not a Newcastle fan, so I don't expect you to know. 1959. Uh, I believe that was before the EFL Cup was even <laughs> even around. But you're close. Uh, 1976, um, we were runners-up to Man City 2-1. Um, we actually lost on a overhead goal kick. I can't remember the guy's name right now, um, but he was actually a Geordie. Um, so obviously I'm referring to the Tuesday... Carabao Cup game, which Newcastle won 2-1 on aggregate. The big news coming out of this game is the red card for Bruno Gamera's. There is some controversy in Newcastle world that this was not a red card. Um, Joey, you saw the incident, did you not? I did not. I don't, I don't pay attention to low-level teams. See Leeds fans, this is what uh, this, this 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 is why we have to. <laughs> and Forest fans, this is exactly why I thought he was trolling you. Um, <laughs> so it was a hundred percent a red card. Um, you know the the guy's foot did go over the ball, but I mean at the end of the day, it was a reckless challenge. You know, uh, right on the ankle. I I, I don't. I mean, some people are just saying you know foot went over the ball. Blah blah blah. I mean, it is straight red. I mean, it was, it was deserved. And to be honest, it was coming for Bruno. Um, he was getting Anana, not Anana, I think in Everton. Um, oh, God. Uh, the other Belgian um, uh, center. Lavia. Lavia was uh, frustrating um, Bruno. So it, you know, you could kind of see it coming. And unfortunately, I kind of wish Ha would have pulled him because um, he, he was like losing, basically losing his mind. So, I mean, it just happened. Unfortunately, he'll, you know, he'll learn from it. And next big game, just keep, uh, keep a cool head. Yeah, no, seriously, though, I, I was um, pretty busy that day with work stuff, so I didn't really get to catch the match. Um, one thing I, I did find interesting, though, is I've seen, um, I guess you guys have a song for going to the cup or something, something like, Mommy, Mommy, I Got a Ticket or something. Um, I believe it's uh, Tell Me Ma, Me Ma, I'm Not Coming Home for Tea, um, Off to Wembley or something of that nature. And I'm not sure if that's a, being American, I honestly don't know if that's, a, you know, a Geordie song, or that's like what everyone says when they go to Wembley. I mean, Chelsea's been to Wembley probably so many times they don't even give a shit anymore. Um, but when you haven't gone in a generation, you know, um, yeah, you're going to sing. And I'm, someone listening can tell me, but I think it's an English song. I don't think it's straight. I don't think it's Newcastle specific. But it could be. Uh, I could be wrong on that one. Yep. And um, I was going to say the other good thing from this game is the homegrown local boy, Sean Longstaff, had a brace within you know the first 20 minutes. So 
we have it got a stadium rocket. So it, it was a good game all around, never in doubt. We'll see what happens uh, February 26th against uh, Manchester United. Yeah, so obviously it was pretty early on that you guys would be facing United. Um, <clears throat> how do you think that match is going to go? That's actually an interesting one. Um, so Bruno's going to be coming off a red card. Casemiro is also going to be coming off a red card. The difference is Manchester United are in Europe, and so they've got some extra games. They happen to play Barca, Lona, um, you know, right before they, they play us. So it's going to be interesting. You would think we are going to be more fit and ready. Their team is more deeper and Honestly, probably more talented overall. Newcastle fans don't take it the wrong way. Uh, so I see it as kind of an even even match. Hopefully by the time um, the end of February rolls around, Rashford isn't scoring for fun. Because um, if he is, that's obviously going to make it hard for us. Although Wilson did did finally bag a goal today. So we, we definitely need contribution from up front and you know Isaac should be back so we should be I mean it's going to be a good game I think I think it's going to be probably one of the more watched uh EFL Cup finals in recent years just because both teams are begging for a trophy um Manchester United haven't been to Wembley since 2018 which you know isn't isn't too long. They obviously lost to Chelsea in the FA Cup final, um, and they haven't been to the EFL Cup final since 2017. But again, when you're Manchester United, you're not expected to take six years off between you know cup runs. So you have two teams begging. They they really want both teams want this 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 cup. It'd mean a lot to to Newcastle for sure because <laughs> they haven't won anything in so long. But Manchester United, for them, it's a great start to Eric Ten Hag's tenure, and also selling can't hurt to you know boast your you know recent silverware and you know you're currently you know in the top four so yeah I, I expect a good competitive game so for Newcastle you know you mentioned that you guys uh have missed out on a cup final in a really long time and it would mean a tremendous amount for you to lift the trophy given that would you rather win the um cup or secure top four in the Premier League? That is a good question, and, you know, <clears throat> we'll get on to that in my <laughs> updated top four predictions. If you were to ask me, and this is just me, I would rather secure top four for commercial, financial, and exposure reasons. Um, I think if I, that's me, an American, being a fan only seven years. If you asked any other Newcastle fan someone a Jordy born in Newcastle, I can guarantee you they're going to say they would rather win the cup. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask next, is what about the opinions overall? Um, you know, honestly, I think uh, Chelsea has been there enough now that most fans would much rather prefer to secure top four. It looks like it's going to be a while for you guys to be back there, too. There's a chance. There's a chance. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit as well, but there's a chance. Yeah, let's um, let's move on to the end of the transfer window um, for Newcastle. Obviously, nothing much. I know disappointment. We're up against financial fair play. The thing Newcastle is dealing with right now is uh, wages. Um, you know, to turnover revenue, we're I think we're like ninety-two percent, or we were. You know, so we have our wage bills pretty high compared to you know the money we bring in. Uh, and it's going to be stepping down each successive year, starting, I believe, this year. I think this year's is 90%, and the next year might be 80, and the next year 70, something like that. So, you know, a lot of our fans were dreaming that well, we would splash $200 million and, you know, all this, but most realistic fans knew that it would be a slow window. However, we did not expect to see John Joe Shelby leave at the end of the window, which was bittersweet for me because he was, <clears throat> before Joe Linton, he was my favorite player. Um, so I was sad to see him go. Uh, and he often got a ton of stick from the fans for often being lazy, not trying enough, you know. And then it's so funny to see social media, like, pretend he's like the greatest thing, you know, like when he's leaving. So, you know, it's just, I had to laugh because, I mean, he's like what Mount is going through with you guys right now. That's kind of the same like crap he would get. Um, and then, you know, obviously if you guys sell Mount, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, Mason Mount. So thank you for everything you've done for the club. You've been a great servant. We love you and blah, blah, blah. So the first time I ever saw Shelby, I legit thought he looked like a uh, serial killer. Like, <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I saw him and like, that dude scares me. It It's funny because he, he actually, um, so he got alopecia later in life. So if you want to Google Shelby with hair, you can actually find it. He had actually, I think, a long blonde hair, but he did get alopecia in life. And a lot of people often meme him to Voldemort, which... Uh, Not going to lie, uh, the last team photo that he took, you know, when we won the the Cup semifinal with Southampton, uh, Newcastle always takes a team photo. Shelby was in it, and I, 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 even I will admit that that picture is not the most flattering of Shelby for sure. So um, I wish him the best at Nottingham Forest. Hopefully he will help them stay up along with Chris Wood and um, they also got a novice um, who Joey we know as CONCACAF watchers and your U.S. men's national team fan has done wonders for the Costa Rican team so I, I thought that was a great transfer from PSG but the thing everyone wants to talk about and hear your thoughts on obviously is Enzo Fernandez 
Oh, that that was such a beautiful day. I loved seeing all the tears of um, Premier League fans all around and all the moaning and groaning. How could they do this? Ah. Oh, it was beautiful. Bring in home Enzo. J or I guess uh, replacing J5. We now have E5. It's great. So yeah, Enzo was brought in, and then we let Jorginho go to Arsenal. And then Ziyech got uh, his uh, deal messed up to PSG. It was quite unfortunate. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I for As far as Chelsea goes, um, I was hoping for a few more outgoings. Um, yeah, as long as we brought in Enzo, I'm all good with that. Jorginho to Arsenal is just good accounting. He only had six months left on his deal. And I don't really think Arsenal will be able to get much use out of him um you know even in the match uh arsenal played today against everton he didn't really do too much did a bunch of passing sideways and stuff that chelsea was used to and fans would moan and groan about and yeah he replaced he replaced uh odegaard odegaard uh, yeah. Odegaard. yeah i mean like come on uh <laughs> i don't even get that 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 substitution um, so yeah, that's an interesting move. A hundred percent. You guys won the window. Like there's anyone trying to pretend Chelsea didn't win the transfer window. It's just jealous or mm -hmm. delusional. Yep. Um, and then the whole ZH thing, I, I feel bad for him. The dude, like he's had such a rough go at Chelsea between injuries and being played out of position and, when he is played in position, not given enough run of games to actually do anything. Um, you know, I, I, as far as what happened, um, you know, you and I were talking off air a little bit about the different stories and stuff, no matter how it went down, like the dude just deserves to play and to play like in a way that is impactful for him. It, it just hasn't happened at Chelsea. And I, I hope he can finally get somewhere at some point to um, make an impact on the field. There's been talk. Has there, you know, the, the Turkish league, I believe their transfer window is still open. Uh, could he leave? To I mean, Super league? <laughs> I mean, I guess he could. Uh, I don't It'd know. Be a step down, obviously, I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if anybody there would be able to pay enough for him because, you know, his wages, while they aren't astronomical like uh, Sterling or something, they're they're not cheap either. So I don't know. Yeah, the last time I believe the Turkish lira. Now, folks, I'm just typing this in as we're going along. I think that is worth less than the uh, paper it's printed on right now. Um, Turkish lira um, to U.S. dollar. Um, yeah, so one Turkish lira is worth five cents. Nice. So they yeah, their their economy's gone to, to, to crap. I yeah. It'll be interesting what happens actually with players in Turkey because I think I think their like inflation was like eighty percent or something. Really high. So yeah. I just saw that story and I was like interesting. <laughs> like can they afford him? And would he want to go? Like if there were issues there. I mean, who knows what the story is? It was surprising to see him go, obviously. 
uh, especially in the winter transfer. Um, despite no previous links, I think there was um, one of their guys was linked away potentially. Um, I'm not a Manchester fan, so I can't. Was it Silva? Was he linked away? I think so. I, I don't recall for sure, though. Yeah, I think he might have been linked away. So, but Cancelo came out of nowhere. So, it, we'll see. Um, City have had an uncity-like year. So, up and down, up and down, like many teams. This has been a very odd, odd season, which has left the door open for teams like Newcastle to potentially get top four, and for some of the traditional teams like Chelsea and Liverpool to kind of haul their way back into Europa League. Yep. Um, now, given that the signing window is complete now, are there any players in particular that you think will make a, just a particularly big impact for the club, for their club? So there are some players I like from League On. But unfortunately, they went to teams where I don't think they're they're great. They're relegation fodder teams. Um, we're talking like uh, Kalmadin Sulemana, you know, or um, Watura. The 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 two players that come to mind. One I've been following specifically. And I was hoping <clears throat> Newcastle would take a chance on him. Is the Brazilian. Um, Right winger center for Tete from Leicester City. Uh, he actually scored today. Um, they got him from Leon. I thought that was a good bit of business from Leicester. I wouldn't say he's the best signing of the window. I would give that to uh, Chelsea and Benoit Batashile, especially for the price you guys paid, which was thirty-four million pounds, and his. Reported weekly wages of £45,000 per week. I think that's an absolute steal for a young center back who's probably one of, if not already, your your top center backs. Oh, for sure. Uh, It's Thiago Silva and then him immediately. Koulibaly's like falling off a cliff. Fofana's still injured and um, can't count on Kukurea. And Trevor Chalaba, who was once, you know, an amazing, uh, consistent center back, is now just wildly up and down. So, yeah, definitely he's solidly number two. Now, you do have that kid at Brighton, right? Yeah, Levi Colwell, who um, I believe he just got injured, too. Um, Such a Chelsea thing to do. So yeah, your wage bill's coming down because I'm sure he's on poverty wages. So that will be, I mean, the future is looking good. So I mean, at least your wage bill's looking um, more tenable for the future. Yeah, and similar, uh, I think Thaddeus Shield made and is making a, a massive impact for our defense. But I mean, I, you just can't pass up Enzo. What what he did already in the match versus Fulham, um, playing in a deeper number six role, just immediately getting the ball forward is going to um, 
be tremendously helpful as we try to make a push back to European placements. Um, he's the signing of the window for me, and I'm pretty sure that most people would agree. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the money, I'd probably agree. Yeah. Kind of similar to that. Let, let's lead into our predictions. Um, now, you know, I I don't really think too much will change as far as the top of the table goes. I, I am interested to hear if you believe any changes are going to happen um, at, at the relegation zone. So I do need to go back and make one change at the top because I predicted Liverpool could get fourth over Newcastle. I did not expect Liverpool to do absolutely nothing. Um, in fact, they came out on transfer deadline day and said, we're done, shops closed. I didn't see that coming at all. Um, I was expecting a move for a midfielder. The fact they did nothing um, is concerning. And so now, against my probably better judgment, I have to say, you know, it's hard for me to see a challenger to any of the current top four. So I think what we have right now is probably what we might end up with at the end of the year. Someone would have to go on an amazing run or Spurs would have to find some consistency for anything of that nature to change. Um, in the relegation, you know, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. I, the ones I picked, I'm still fairly confident. I know Everton, you know, Sean Dyche did well today and I, I wish him the best of luck. Um, I still think they have problems scoring goals. Um, I think that will be their issue. Um, they have a pretty good defense. It's just scoring goals. So, and we're so far in the season and too many teams are down in that level. I don't think you can like draw your way out of the relegation at this point. You know, if, if we were earlier in the year, and there was time, I think, yeah, you could like slowly like draw your way out of danger. But I just don't think this is a season where that's going to happen. So I'm sticking to my three, um, Everton, Southampton, and Bournemouth. But, Joey, I'm, I'm sensing you might have a change. So I, I really, I want to. So my bottom three were 18, Bournemouth, 19, Southampton, 20, Everton. I, I really want to say that I think Everton will stay up now with um, Daesh coming in. But if, if you look around down there, like right above them, you have Leeds, West Ham, Wolves, and Forest, and Leicester. They're all within three points of each other. Like, how, how can Everton leapfrog any of those? Like, it, it's possible, but I mean, <laughs> really? I don't know. Um, I mean, I would love, <laughs> I, I'm a, you know, U.S. men's national team fan, but with just how arrogant Leeds seems, I, I would love for them to get relegated. Um, 
but I, I just don't see how, um, unless Everton like really just turn it around and um, they have performances like today, just if they just keep playing like that, maybe. But I mean, they're 18th for a reason, and I don't see them making that much of an improvement. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, as we were talking, you know, before for the show, like the ones down there generally can't score and usually have a bad defense. The problem is every now have a good defense, they can't score. But, I mean, before today, I'd have said Wolves. <laughs> and then they go and... <laughs> oh, that's great. They right. score two goals, like not, not even counting the, the own goal. They had 12 goals all season and scored two today against Liverpool. So I'm like, oh, well, I mean, maybe they found the goals. And if, if, if Wolf, Wolves find the goals, that was like another team that can't score. So, mm-hmm. you know, Everton's goal was a great goal. It was off a corner, um, a header. But I don't think those type of goals are necessarily sustainable. Um, so to me, it's which team that's struggling right now is going to find some open goal form. Yeah, We'll see. Like you said, I would... I mean, I hate Everton, so I would like to see them go down like as a club. But unfortunately, they hired a coach that I actually do like, so I'm conflicted very much. You know, if I could magically pull Aston Villa down to 18th, that'd be <laughs> that that'd be that'd be great. Like that'd be fantastic. Um, but that's not gonna happen. And the fact that you know Leicester, he. 4-2 win over Aston Villa. I mean, if they would have lost, I'd have said they're in trouble. But mm-hmm. then out of nowhere, they have a four-goal performance. Like I said, you know, Atet looks great. You know, people continue to give me shit about um, Pass. Uh, you know, I'm a big Belgian. You know, I, I really wanted uh, Walt Pass to come to Newcastle. He's he's one of the, the Belgians I followed. I've tried to get signed jersey from him you know i th- i think he, i just i just like him um and he had a tremendous you know day to day so if lester put it together they'll they'll eke out and then you're down there with leeds west ham wolves and i think west ham you know at least the way they played newcastle today they have the ability to get out Again, they're, they're, they, it's hard for them to find goals. Uh, they needed a goal from an unlikely goal scorer, Paqueta, um, on a ball that was poorly dealt with to even get their one goal. Uh, otherwise, they weren't, they, they, they weren't looking like they were going to score. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to, you know, I think if you draw a line today, the team that scores the most is going to be the safest and the team that doesn't are, are they're going down. Um, All right. I, I'm, I'm going to change it. I'm going to bring Everton out. I'm going to put them up at 17 and I'm going to get West Ham to get relegated eight, 18 so that Chelsea can buy rice for a nice uh, cheap discount of 20 million. <laughs> I knew there was some like a reason you would. Oh, jeez! You guys already had rice once, so I mean you can uh, forget about getting him again. Um, but 
it would just be the Chelsea thing to do to have to buy a player they, they once had in their academy back. Um, yeah, I mean, the way Rice played today, though, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people after him. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, uh, what what was uh, Moyes came out and said, like, um, Rice will be a record signing. He's like, look at what Chelsea just paid for Enzo. And when people actually make a bid for Rice, it's going to be astronomical. Yeah, but before the transfer window, people were saying, because originally West Ham's like 100 million, 100 million, and you guys wouldn't pay that. And then I was hearing, well, in the summer, they're going to have to accept 80 million. Well, if they have to accept 80 million, that's a lot more teams in on him. And then if they get relegated, the question is, does he have a clause in his contract? Because if he does, pretty much he'll have the choice of whatever team he wants um, to go to. Basically, who's going to pay him most, probably, unless he has a team, you know, that he a style, of, you know, play he wants to do. Um, but yeah, if if they get relegated, I wouldn't. I you probably don't want them to get relegated, honestly, Joey, because you'll have a better chance of signing him because. If he gets relegated, you've got you got at least seven teams in on him. So if you want to break your wage structure that you're trying to impart <laughs> on your team, you just you just started, and now you're like, ah, well, we try. Uh, yeah, there's another three hundred thousand uh, uh, pound per week contract. Like, like, damn it, we just got rid of these guys, and now we're just putting another one on. Yep. All right. Now, at the top of the table, I had Man City number one and Arsenal number two. Now, actually, I'm going to stick with that because um, we see that Arsenal, they can slip up and make mistakes. Uh, one match out of, you know, a whole season or whatever, that, that's acceptable. But it, 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 we need to see how they respond after this loss. If they get up in their in their heads and start you know feeling the pressure going forward you know it, it could unravel very quickly for them um but it could even just be that you know it's a tricky place to play at everton um the pitch seemed a little crazy um so you know it could have just been a fluke we'll have to see but but i'll stick with uh city being in first place and then i had newcastle at third and I don't know. Um, I I think you guys could fall out of the top four. Um, I would like to see you guys score some more goals here. Because um, before, you know, you guys were very stout defensively. And Almiron and company were just playing lights out. But I'm starting to see some uh, maybe complacency. I'm not really sure. It, uh, but I, I think Gordon, you know, will bring a, a breath of fresh air and start doing some yeah, stuff for we, you. We need Gordon and Isaac uh, on, and you know, obviously we are missing Bruno. So, mm-hmm. but then again, you could say we had Bruno the last few games, and we hadn't done, uh, you know, f all here. So um, I agree with you. We need more goals. It was nice to see Wilson score. Um, I do think Isaac is the game changer. Uh, you watch him. He is a class above everyone else. I mean, even to my eyes, I think he's better than Bruno. 
just why I mean it's probably like sacrilegious to say, but you know he just glides with the ball. So I think once you get Gordon and Isaac together, like I do think Gordon will supplant ASM uh, on the left. You know, eventually once Bruno comes back and we get like a a full squad, I think I think you're gonna see a lot more. Um, you know, we'll we'll hit people on the counter as well. You know, even though we're you know we try to do play out of the back and be possession, but I mean when you have Isaac and Gordon speed, obviously you're going to take advantage of it. Yep. All right, and then um, Brighton, I think they're going to still save right up there and you know on the verge of top four, but Chelsea, I think there's a possibility that if you guys keep you know pulling these uh these draws out and if um tottenham continues freaking drew against fulham yeah well there's yeah hold on hold on hold on um so uh if tottenham they continue to be inconsistent i could see if if potter can get a set squad and give them consistent playing time without having to you know change a whole bunch of stuff around through injuries or something i could see a scenario where you were talking last time about liverpool lucking into the top four i could see that exact same scenario with chelsea now it would a lot would have to go right for that to happen but there's a chance yeah no i mean as i've you know as i told our discord group you know i call us draw castle united um, at the end of the season, I think I've said before, you know, if we end up in fifth or sixth place, because we drew too, way too many games that we should have won. Um, so we'll have no one to blame but ourselves. But, you know, we play Bournemouth next week. We'll see how it goes. Bournemouth away is never easy for Newcastle. I, you know, how I am, I don't like to predict the Newcastle. Um, so, Hopefully they come out with some intensity. Again, we'll be missing Bruno, but we need to be picking up three points. We can't keep picking up one point. Unless unless, uh, unless, unless everyone below us is going to lose or pick up one point, then we're, we're, we're totally fine. So that's it for this week's episode of the Black and Blue Soccer Show. One thing I wanted to mention is we have a Discord. Please join it. The link is in the podcast description, YouTube description. Oh, yeah. And also, um, we are on YouTube now. Uh, Make sure to subscribe. Uh, You can always listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, but it will also be available on YouTube. We also plan to throw up a couple little short clips of interesting stuff on there as well. So be on the lookout. Otherwise... You can catch us on Twitter at Black Blue Soccer, Instagram on Black and Blue Soccer, or email us email us at blackandbluesoccer at gmail.com. We would love some questions and uh, to start having some conversation with other fans and uh, just hit us up. And Joey wants to especially hear from those Leeds United and Nottingham Forest fans. <laughs> That's right. Leeds, uh, Leeds, I'll take you guys to task in uh, Nottingham Forest. It was there was no harm. Please don't don't come at me. It was it was okay. I promise. Continue coming at him, please. <laughs> All right, that's it. Take care. <laughs>